I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Doom Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And this week, or this not episode, we are discussing Dune, the new movie from 2021, directed by Denis Villeneuve. And uh, yeah, man, I am excited to talk to you guys about this. It feels a long time coming here. Uh, what a movie. Well, you know, and, and, and to be fair, I mean, we've had COVID that we've been dealing with. And while it was released in theaters, uh, for those of us did not have a, who did not have HBO Max, it was not really accessible for us for a little bit. Yeah. And um, totally get that. It's been a long time coming, like you said. And I'm really glad that you're the one that pronounced the director's name because I still, after all this time, cannot get it right. <laughs> I probably butchered it, but I feel like I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'm just gonna have you say it five times real fast, Dave, and we'll be good. Can you you I already, I already messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Jim. Can you say it five times real fast? Go ahead. Villanova, 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 Villanova. Well, mm. There you go. Boom. See, if I pronounce it like Villanova, I'm good. You're lucky but. you stopped there because one more he would have shown up in your in your house. Absolutely, he would. He would have been like, "That's it. <laughs> this is the Dune Police." <laughs> Beetlejuice style. <laughs> yep. Oh heck. <laughs> yep. So, That's okay. That's okay. If he would have showed up, Jim would have just whipped out his balisette his loot and just began playing instantly cast for dune 2 absolutely the new girl this is this is one of my complaints about this movie that we didn't see jim on a sandworm whipping out his wailing loot (laughs) just going to town Uh, it uh, is what is the big thing that this movie was missing uh you know what when David learns to play the bat, uh, not the battle set, but the uh, hurdy gurdy, I will get a new, I'll, I'll get a, a loot. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, gonna be on. waiting a long time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. so I guess let's talk first impressions uh, with this film. Did, did it live up to your expectations? Uh, type of things. Let's start with uh, start with Jim, okay. You know, I I sat down and watched this movie, uh, ordered the DVD or the Blu-ray. It showed up, and it sat next to my chair for a week before I finally got to it. And uh, it very much exceeded any expectations I had about the movie. Mm. Uh, I just I just enjoyed the heck out of it. It went by like nothing i mean it i sat down started watching and was totally absorbed for two and a half hours uh didn't even move from the chair 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you a little bit apprehensive of this this production? Now, I'm not saying like down on it, but I did get uh, a hint of um, you'll kind of get to it when you get to it type of thing. Uh, like uh, maybe less excited for the for the movie. I was I I, I was remained the entire time cautiously optimistic. Okay. All right. Because, you know, because Brian had signed off on it and and he was telling us to look for something good, Brian Herbert. And so I knew it was going to be good. I just didn't realize it was going to be as good at, as it is. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it kind of took me back as well. Uh, let's go over to Scott. What was your uh, reactions? Well, yeah, so when we had the trailers, I was really uh, optimistic about what I was seeing come down the trailers. Um, I I had no illusions that this was not going to be David Lynch's doing. This was going to be something more uh, visceral, visceral, more uh, realistic, and um, more authentic as much as you can make a movie that is from a, such a dense book. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it was it could be much more authentic and much more true to the story, and I think that was kind of the what we were hearing come down the pike with the news. And I was not disappointed. Like this was this was what I was hoping for in a Dune movie. Um, and so, like, I was I was very pleased, very pleased with it. And um, and uh, yeah, so no real. Uh, no real complaints from my end. I was uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, hands down, the best adaptation we've seen of Dune. Um, although the Dune miniseries did wasn't terrible by any means that Sci-Fi put out in the early two thousands, but but this was uh, certainly uh, a a cinematic experience that was beautiful. And uh, my only complaint was we didn't get the full book. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with you there, but at the same, well, I'll get into it. Um, So for me, I was cautiously optimistic. I was I was actually really scared um, that this movie wouldn't live up to what I wanted because I knew that Mm -hmm. because I'm just like the two of you. I'm such a I'm such a, a champion for the the whole dune franchise and everything constantly talking about how much i love it and how great it is that if that if i was let down in any grand capacity that no matter how small it was would be blown up by anyone around me who like wasn't a fan of dune uh like can't you know so it must not be good at all because you didn't seem to like it or you were disappointed and it's like you know you can love something and be disappointed with a part of it too at the same time. But, uh, I was, I was grateful to come out with a very few, um, a few gripes. Uh, I I can't remember all of my initial, initial thoughts, uh, on day one or whatever, but I had the pleasure of watching this movie with one of our listeners, Austin Atreides. If you're out there, big shout out. Uh, he also listens to another podcast of mine and we did a, a little, uh, screening for some of the people that that write into the show and and he was there so i got to see it with one of the dune saga podcast listeners that was pretty cool and and uh Neat. yeah we, we had a we had a discussion afterwards and it was funny that some of the well him and then another guy who listens that i that uh 
that I know personally as well. And we, we were like, uh, funny getting really into the nitty gritty right after the movie. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I was glad that it showed part one at the very beginning. I know a lot of people weren't expecting that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this was, uh, I, 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 my, my disagreement with is, is small, but, but weird with what Scott said about this being the definitive version of Dune. I feel like as a purist, the definitive version of Dune for me is still the sci-fi series because it includes so much more to it. But as no. someone who's like, what's going to appeal to a mass audience? Like, what, what am I going to sit down and show someone is going to be this movie? Because the right the the mini series is also six hours long for a reason, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, and and I would and I would agree if you're talking about uh, purists. I'm talking. I guess I guess I was thinking more like the big screen, and right? The, yeah, and the name in the name. So, um, again, this is uh, we knew we we of course knew going in it was part one, being that we were in and following the news coming down for the movie. Um, I was so afraid going into the movie that we were only going to get a part one because part two was totally contingent on how well this movie was going right. to do. And I uh, was very glad after a week being out that they had announced that part two was go ahead. And so that was uh, beautiful. Thank so, goodness. Yeah, I know. Because you'd been like, well, okay. Well, that would have been a terrible thing. So It's, it's funny the people, like the, the, uh, well, I, divide of people who knew about dune and people who didn't know who don't know about dune and like there was a huge huge complaint about how zendaya wasn't featured more and she should be more part of it and there was like articles that after it came out there were all these articles don't worry zendaya is basically a um, a main character in the next one and it's like i mean if you're familiar with the story I mean, you know this. You're gonna you're gonna know that she's not in the first part of the the book, and she's a major player later. <laughs> so, right. uh, but people, man, they, I guess people were really upset about that. Um, oh, wow. this is why you need to read the books, right? But so let's talk about stuff in the movie that was cut. That uh, uh, what kind of things, and and. Here's the thing. These things were cut out of the movie, but I feel like with good reason. And a big thing here is the entire uh, suspicion around Jessica. Yeah. So uh, this was <laughs> this was one of my complaints going into this. It's it's on my laundry list of things I did not appreciate. Was the, <laughs> um. The, the the distrust in Jessica was absent. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you don't really get enough time to develop the Lado Jessica relationship as much as it should. And in order for the distrust to work, you need to almost have the trust there and then suddenly rip the trust away. Yeah. And and you really don't get enough time. So I understand why that would ap- was absent, um, but there was a component of the whole you know who is the who is the traitor in the midst uh, the whole um um well, what's that game where they have the traitor the backstabbers the little minions among us. yeah among us like the whole among us vibe is missing you know mm. um 
because because you don't have that. Uh, so uh, it didn't bother me, but I noticed it. I noticed yeah. it. Um, Jim, how about you? I I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, um, that didn't phase me uh, in the least. Mm. Uh, I, for me, it was a weird one. It was like, I was annoyed that it wasn't there. There was just so many things like the whole, there was also the suspicion like around Yui wasn't really explained. The, the Sook doctors weren't like explained at all. So the, uh, and all this kind of goes into the Jessica suspicion thing, but it's like, there's no, the whole thing with Yui betraying them is because it's supposed to be so unfallible that uh, unbelievable that, that he could, he could possibly do that. But in this, there's no reason to think that at all. And, and again, they just don't, they don't have the time or the energy to set it up like they would in a, uh, you know, a six, six episode miniseries. Right? right. Or what a mentat really is. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. They're just, yeah. The, the whole thing is, is I know this stuff because I've read the book eight times now, whatever. Right. But, yeah. but slacker, um, I read it 10. No, <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew it was there. Uh, the thing of it is, is they were not going to remake, uh, Dennis Lynch's Dune or, right. uh, yes, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Lynch. <laughs> Right, David yeah. Lynch's Dune. Yeah, David Lynch. They, yeah. yeah, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna remake that. Which, okay, in eighty four in nineteen eighty four Dune, they did a great job of explaining all these little nuances and and different things, and that look what we got. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so, I. I, it, having that not there was really uh really annoying to me uh but at the same time like i think did you I, almost walk out of the theater yeah you? i got really upset and i just i actually screamed oh. i said what is this impure trash yeah. on the screen i can just see it now throwing yeah. popcorn and throwing a soda at the screen yeah. and nachos smashed into the seats it's, it's true <laughs> where is my where is my political intrigue someone hold him back but it makes so much sense that it's not there and the, and the thing is the movie works without it oh yeah and it's it's yeah. fine um so the only people really missing this are us, are, are the us, people that yeah. have, yeah, the people that the purists that have, that have lived and breathed the Dune universe. But your casual viewer that's, you know, experiencing Dune for the first time are like, what? This was a novel. Like they're they're just like, um, yeah, they're fine with it. Yeah, yeah. So all right, well, uh, what other things? So let's just let's get our gripes out of the way. What other our things? Gripes, you have? yeah. Let's start with the bad, and then we can we can we can drool over the movie afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Scott? You got a list of. So I probably agree with a lot of it. Uh, why in the heck did a fremen unsheath the Chris knife in front of Jessica without using it? Because you never unsheath a Chris knife without first using it then to then draw blood. 
Yeah, they left that part. But she, she doesn't that scratch was, her chest. That right? was problematic. Yeah, that was problematic. Like, so I, I was like, I was like, no, there. She has to use it now. No, and so like she was doing like, look at this Chris knife, and then like, oh, let me put it back in and give it to you. It was just that was that was problematic. Yeah, they, they clearly dropped that angle for this. Yeah, they like yeah. You just you. I mean, that's a no no, right? With the that, that was like drilled into the story. Yeah, again. Did it kill the movie? Absolutely not. Did it throw me out? No, it throwing that did it throw me out of the movie for a moment because I knew this and they were like shirking canon. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But again, again, all this being said, love the movie, nitpicking it right now. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got anything else? Let's keep going. You want me to keep going? Yeah, let's just get this stuff out of the uh, way. What do you got? I want to know that. Why Paul's walking out in front when Liet Kine shows up? Son of the political head of oh, the yeah. place, and he walks out in front of Liet Kine, you know, when Liet Kine shows up. This is, feels like a little bit of a, don't you protect the son of the Duke? I think they were in their keep, so that was a bit different. Um. Want me to keep going? Sure. Imper- Imperial officer. And so we talked about this on the Sci-Fi Diner as well, uh, another show that I do, because we were we reviewed, we watched David Lynch's Dunes, so had to suffer through that again, Ugh. and then watched Dune. But um, we were chatting about how the star, how the uniforms in here reminded me of the SS officers from um, Star Wars, Um that the imperial outfits, but it said that it might just be that that's just the way uniforms look more than anything. But <laughs> um, how were so one of the things that was lost? So in, intrigue was definitely lost in this uh, in this whole thing about, especially the 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 whole thing of of the emperor not wanting to be it to be known that he was involved, and they, they I know they came up with some excuse or something. Uh, I can't remember what it is in the movie, but the Sardaukar are not even trying to be undercover. They're just like clearly totally different uniforms. Totally. They're Sardaukar. It's not like, uh, you know. Yeah. We aren't blending in here. Not at all. We're just like dropping from the sky and voila, we are here. Yeah. Yeah. Break out the metal loot. And, and, and part of, part of that whole thing, uh, the metal loot. Part of that whole thing is removing uh, Fenring and replacing him with uh, Reverend Mother and having her be the one to communicate with the Baron. Right. Which is, I don't know, I didn't really like that aspect. Like involving the Reverend Mothers even more in that in that tone or whatever. But I don't know. I'm a, I, we are nitpicking. Yeah, um, I, I want to. Can we go back to the distrust sure. topic a little bit? Because I, I realized I have something in my notes that I wanted to talk to about that. So I do like the hesitation in Doctor Yui when he delivers the meds to Paul, because you get into that, that, this idea of a little bit of regret that he's kind of doing this. Yeah. Which I felt was somewhat authentic for me. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. He, yeah. he doesn't see he does, especially when he's putting the the stuff in the Duke's uh, tooth. 
Right. I felt like they conveyed that if you know what's going on or if you watch it a second time, he kind of feels like he knows that he's dead and that his wife's dead. Right. You know, already. But he's still doing this because of the chance that she's not. Right. Right. Um, You know, the whole thing with Jessica there in the palace, I did feel that one of the comments I have down here is that to me, the way I interpreted Jessica in the books is that we had a much stronger Jessica in the books mm -hmm. than I felt she was portrayed in the movie. Maybe this is, it's not that she's not strong in the movie, but I, I view, I view her as being, she is legit the Duke's right hand man, you know, so to say, you know, like, like there's a strength in her that I felt like was underplayed a little bit, at least in the palace scene for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. You know, especially when she's like outside the door. Yeah, I mean exactly. that is that is taken out of the book though. But yeah, yeah. what a I have one scene, I, I have one more complaint. Go ahead. Seriously, sand compactor, sand compactor. What are you talking what? about? No, no, no thumper, sand compactor. Oh, they don't call it a thumper. Thumper. Where, where did the thumper go? What? They're, they're afraid a rabbit's going to show up? Sand compactor. Why did they call it sand compactors? <laughs> uh, well, geez, would you rather have a weirding module? Yes. <laughs> yes, damn it. Bring the weirding module back. <laughs> but keep the sand. Uh, keep the thumper. No. I, I, whatever. Uh, Are you sure? Uh, I thought the sand compactor was the, the thing that made the tunnel. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought they I thought they called it the thumper. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong. wrong. I have a note with sand compactor with like 20, X, 20 question marks behind it. So seriously, seriously, it upset me. All right, I'm looking so it up now. Give me a tissue or something, man. Yeah, I yeah, think oh, I gosh. think you missed her because I just gave it a quick Google, and the sand compactor is the thing. It's the sand compactor from the book where they use it to make the tunnels. You projects it in front of them, and then it makes the tunnel to the surface. Where, yeah, that's how they escaped. Yeah, which is, uh, but there, I'm pretty sure. Let me just Google the thumper. Yeah, they call it a thumper. Dune 2021 thumper from the uh, Wikipedia. It's a picture yeah. of the one from the movie. Yeah. So, I don't know, Scott. I think you went crazy there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. anyway, Anyways. Jim. Why don't you yeah. give us a topic here? What are you What are you thinking about? Well, uh, you know, I I kind of focused on the cast because that is kind of where. All right, I'll I'll just book, go this way. It, it's no secret I really like most of the cast of the 1984 Dune, and just didn't want to <laughs> let him go. Uh, yeah, most I should say, you know. And now after seeing. 21 2021 film i'm very pleased with what was done the direction and the writing just absolutely made these people incredible to me and i i was kind of hoping maybe we'd go a rundown just some general impressions on on each person sure i'm done lead the way okay. all right well timothy chalamet as paul atreides you go first, David. Man, uh, 
kind of perfect, you know, like he, uh-huh. he, he is young. He looks young. I mean, a little older than, than Paul is in the books, but he looks appropriate. He's got like a strength to him. That's believable for the later parts of the series. You know, this is, this is good stuff here. Like, I think that he is appropriately cast for this. And I hope that, I hope that everybody sticks with this. Cause I know that they're talking about doing, uh, like, uh, the Dune two. So I don't know if it, it's going to be just Dune Messiah or children of Dune, but yeah. Ah, okay. So they are talking oh, about I, Dune two. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know what they call well, it, but. Well, it would be, you mean the second film after this one? Yeah, like like book two. Like, doing this oh. cover, they're talking well, about, because I, I think Denis Villeneuve, or whatever, he said, uh, I'll, I'll look it up here while we can we talk, but I'm pretty sure he said that he was interested in doing a sequel, and then he wanted to stop. Well, very oh, then, good. Well, they have to. You can't stop the movie you well, can't stop the story that be, where it is when it be, well, I, mean a, I mean a sequel from part two so like oh i see i mean children of Doom would be the logical sequel to do yeah yeah but i mean uh, um i mean uh i mean Doom messiah is the second part of the second part of the this next book so they have to cover that stuff somehow yeah but well, as long as well, you know, as long as Chalamet isn't on a walker by the time we get there, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I thought his performance as Paul was adequate. Uh, I like the performance well enough. I don't have a problem with him as being Paul, except the dude needs a haircut. <laughs> no, really, he absolute. He either needs a haircut or he needs to wear a hat or something, because. Uh, it, the hair was actually at times uh, distracting to me. Yeah, that didn't bother me. I, I liked his performance. I felt like it was it was good. It was believable. I I, I was there. Okay, so, so he was uh the right the right mix of a duke's son. So yeah. All right. Well, then Rebecca okay, Ferguson. It. This and this is in the order that uh, they appear in the credits. Um, Rebecca Ferguson as Lady Jessica. I had no problem with the actress or her performance, but I think her character was nerfed in this film big time. Uh, Jessica's a strong character in the book, uh, but I felt this version was more like. A deer caught in headlights is kind of the impression I had all the way through, you know, um, so that if there's anything I was disappointed in, as you said, Scott, it was kind of her portrayal. Uh, on the other right. hand, I am very happy that she did not sing never enough. Uh, <laughs> were, you expect, were, you, were you expecting that? I thought uh, I thought know, I was waiting for it. <laughs> when I was when I saw it was her, it was oh god, no, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yes, I was, you know, the, uh, and for those who are wondering what I'm talking about, she played Jenny Lind in uh, The Greatest Showman, and she was kind of like a one-hit wonder with that that song, and it was over and over and over again. As long as you would have but, joined her with the loot, we'd have been fine. <laughs> no, not without David and the hurdy-gurdy. We got to have, <laughs> if we're going to have a band, we got to have a band. Ultimate right? demo. Get the band back together. So, uh, so you guys. Just a, a side note here. I did find out, it says uh, from Screen Rant, they said that uh, Villeneuve has always intended this to be a trilogy with uh, concluding with Dune Messiah. Um, so, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. Right. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> back back to it. Jessica so, Ferguson. Okay. Rebecca. Yeah. You, Rebecca. <laughs> If you want to take it take it away, David, if you uh, go ahead. Uh, one of my prime Hollywood crushes. So, you know, I was totally on board with seeing her in this movie. Um, phenomenal actress. I do think that she was incredibly nerfed in this, just like you said. And we spoke of this before with the intrigue missing and the, the, the big Jessica plot lines missing. You know, we also didn't. Really, we got a we got a good impression of Leto and Paul, but we didn't really get a great impression of like Leto and Jessica, like their strong bond and and what it meant to be a concubine instead of being his his wife. And I felt that it was kind of glazed over. Uh, there was a lot more um, of a divide between them because she was a Benny Jesuit. It's I don't know. Uh, but I think that she did a really good job and I think she's going to continue to re- do a really good job. The, the, like the visions of her in the future with Alia and, and being a, a the reverend mother and stuff really has me excited for like when that kind of falls through. Uh, she didn't seem to believe in Paul quite as much as I, I expected, but um, I think we'll get there. She was, yeah. she definitely does good in the, like the, uh, being afraid of Paul, I think that was like a, a really good aspect to the character that they brought along, especially like in the tent, wow. tent scene and how she like yeah. sees what he's going to become and she's afraid of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Scott. What? <laughs> Anything to add to your, what you've already said? No, I mean, I already gave my thoughts on her. I mean, I thought that she was a perfect Jenny Lynn for this thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Oscar Isaac as Duke Leto. Best part is when he's standing by the grave talking about being a flight pilot. Mm. Absolutely that was cool. Absolutely yeah. Star Wars reference, Poe Dameron, bring it on, bud. So <laughs> he was targeting womp rats from Beggar's Canyon when he was a boy, and you know it. He got called back to duty. <laughs> oh my gosh. It'll be just like old times, Luke. <laughs> I uh I think he was perfect for the role. I I I just he's yeah, just he such good. a great actor. And to be, so I, I jokingly said that but I did not see any of Poe Dameron in him. So so oh, no. <laughs> just that that line made me like squeal a little bit, you know, being a Star Wars geek I am, but Yeah. What a guy. Man, you were you were saying, okay, well, you know, uh, many, many times I have said that Jurgen Proknov will always be the man I think of as Ju- Duke Leto. 
Uh, John and Hurt. I mean, and I'm going to stand by that. But I absolutely loved this performance by Os- Oscar Isaac. And I was expecting to see, as you had mentioned, Poe Dameron on Spice. performance thing going on here you know the swaggering swashbuckling pilot type you know but um it was really neat to watch this performance because the guy has some range yeah villanove's direction was absolutely spot on and you know now i have two favorite uh, duke leto actors (laughs) and the the beard is what did it the beard is what made this guy no longer be Poe Dameron and made him uh, into Duke Leto. Got it. I've been a big fan of him since Ex Machina. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's, I have not. You, oh, oh, it's been a long time. You definitely need to watch it, Scott. It's really good. Uh, or not? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I see the next so, one on your list here, and this is my biggest problem but go ahead oh okay well i was just gonna say jason momoa as duncan idaho take it away david this is time is rant time i have a love hate i have a love hate relationship with this casting because i feel like jason momoa is both simultaneously the best dude bro to play this character because i i love i love duncan idaho but at the same time at this portion of the series he's very much a dude bro he's just like kind of this uh you know cool jock guy that that duncan or uh that paul looks up to because you know he's this nerdy nerdy uh air air boy you know like he's he's just in the school and the and wants to be a pilot like him and wants to be cool like him and and all this stuff and and he comes off real cool but uh Jason Momoa plays that 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 really well. The problem I have with casting Jason Momoa in this ca- in this part is because if you know the story, you know Duncan Idaho is going to be back, and it's like of all of these characters, Jason Momoa seems like the one least likely to I don't know reprise a, a small role oh. later on, and it's like who are they going to get to replace him? Also, the other thing is that when he comes back as a Gola, it's supposed to be one of those things where they're not sure if it's really him. And Jason Momoa is so identifiable (laughs) just by Uh, his, his like body type and everything. And he, he doesn't really have the body of a, of a swordsman too, which is something they really, really cut off. Like why he was so cool. You know, they, they let the, let that out. But that said, I they, thought his performance was really good. Like, like when I'm watching the movie, it doesn't bother me. But after I'm watching the movie, when I think about like future of the franchise, uh-huh. that's when it bothers me. Ah, okay. So. I understand where you're coming from. I tell you what, uh, this is the this is the part I was most apprehensive of. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is because of his body type. Because I was kind of expecting a big steroid horse WWE boisterous loudmouth kind of thing going on and that didn't happen. He was very soft spoken. I love the way he and uh, uh, Paul were 
were bonding. They were like brothers, you know, and you could you could see what we've been reading in in the latest books that have been coming out. And, um, you know, the thing of it is, is I've always kind of pictured um, Duncan looking looking more common, not not built up like Momoa was, Um, you know. So I was I I was pleasantly surprised with uh, with his acting range because you know when it was like you say when it was dude bro that he was dude bro but when it was time to time to get it on with the Sardaukar he was all business and it was awesome and his death scene was exactly the way that I pictured it in all the times I've read it in the books. So. Oh my gosh, Tim, you just reminded me of one of my gripes. Uh-oh. Uh I, I'm just going to bring it up right now since I don't want to forget again. Lays guns and and the use of them. They they use them so willy-nilly and it's like the ships shooting earth, the or not earth shooting Arrakis or when they're like in that scene when Duncan dies, they're like cutting through the wall. I thought that was really cool to show how like basically nothing stopped the lace gun, but they use them so willy nilly in the whole idea of the having them reacting with the shields, like that it's supposed to be like a big deal when they break out a lace gun. Right. And here it, when Duncan's escaping, um, Arakeen, he like, they're shooting the lace guns down and he activates the shields to protect himself from the explosion. And then as he's flying away in the ornithopter, they're shooting the lace guns after him. And I'm just thinking, I, they, would, I mean, they, they wouldn't do that. They'd blow everything up. Like, it'd be an atomic yeah. explosion. So that, like, that right there, I was like, this doesn't, this part doesn't make any sense. But All right. it, it sure did look cool. That had crossed my mind, uh, mm-hmm. wondering about the lace guns and the shields. So... But uh, go ahead, Scott. What do you what do you think of uh, Duncan? So I, I get all the complaints, uh, David. I, I hear what you're saying with it. Um, I thought he did a very commendable job as Duncan. Um, the idea of him being the swordmaster. And from, uh, and like with the background, while important to me for the people that have not read Dune or not lived in the Dune universe, unimportant. And, um, I, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. He was believable. The way he sacrifices himself at the end is believable. And I really liked it. And boy, if people are going into part two expecting to see more Jason Momoa, you will be disappointed. <laughs> but okay, all right, Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. You know, I've never pictured this guy as being evil. You know, more he's always been to me more like the bumbling guy in Thor. You know, <laughs> Not not all quite there, but, you know, a good guy, a smart guy. But, man, did this guy make an awesome baron, right? He came mm-hmm. across as the ultimate 
crime lord. I mean, it was just like he could be he could be the godfather. <laughs> I want to see more of the, more of him. I thought he was great. I feel like mm-hmm. they missed an opportunity here, and this is something I heard from people who aren't who saw the movie and haven't read the book. They were like, "So he can fly?" Like they were they didn't explain his suspenser stuff and why he floated around. Well, they kind of did a little bit when, uh, you know, when they showed him from the back and before he would levitate, you would see the lights come on. Well, there was a visual representation, but there's yeah. no, there's no, like, no one came out and said, oh, he's so, like, he's so fat, he can't walk. I guess they can't say that anymore, but, like, it, you know, it's, it, there was no, like, oh, his muscles don't work right or anything. It just, there was no full explanation about was it, this right here felt to me like uh a sci-fi movie i don't want to say mistake but just how us as sci-fi lovers will watch a sci-fi movie and they'll throw something out there and they won't explain it and it'll just be like oh well it's because it's the flux capacitor you know like whatever uh, and we just just we're just go okay read the freaking book, okay? Yeah, but go I read just, the freaking book. You'll figure it I out. I did have people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I did have people asking me about like, oh, why? Why did he float around? Or doesn't he? Is he an alien or whatever? And it's like, uh, no, they're yeah. So, well, see, you're missing the point. Villeneuve's genius was to get people talking about this film. Oh, so people know you're a Dune expert, and it's like, David, can you explain this to us? And then you have this big, long conversation over a couple of beers and some popcorn talking about all this great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Villanova is a genius. That's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. This is great. So, all right. Scott. Any other thoughts on uh, Stalin Skarsgård from... Scotty too high. So, so yeah. So I I liked uh, I liked him. I liked the actor that played him. I thought that went well. He played a great great Baron. Um, the liquid pities in is kind of interesting. And when he like comes up and like shows himself and like goes back under, I thought it was kind of an interesting back to tank from Star Wars. But yeah, there uh, you go, back to tank. But I, uh, I did, I did. I mean, I thought he did a great job, and um, and what is was as sinister as I expected. I loved the room where, like, you know, Duke Leto tries to take him out, and I thought that was beautifully done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, how about how all the Harkonnens are hairless? Basically, did you pick up on that? Uh, yeah. I did not. Like every everyone in their employment is. Like bald, shaven, and and everything is interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I did not pick up in that. (laughs) Stephen McKinley Henderson as Thufur Howat, Oscar nominated for best use of a parasol in a in a modern movie. (laughs) (laughs) True. Hey, that's better than eighty four Dunes only uh, nomination, which was best imitation of a sandworm by a tennis shoe. (laughs) (laughs) so uh scott why don't you take over on this one 
Well, I'm just trying. I mean, the performance was good. Like, I he wasn't a standout for me. Not like, not like, like we're talking about the characters, and it's been about a month since I've seen the movie, and I'm like trying to place this guy's face. <laughs> so, like for me, like Jessica, you know, Duke, um, Paul, the Baron, like they're all real memorable characters, but. Not for, for, for this guy wasn't as memorable for me. He's not as cool. Yeah. He's definitely not as cool. Yeah. 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 We, we had two mentats in this movie and they didn't explain what that is at all. And right. It's just a lost to me. Through fear was always one of my favorites and it just is such a, a loss here with, uh, yeah. without that expense. However, performance wise, he, is a different type of Thufir that I had ever thought to imagine, but I, I really like his performance at some, uh, without in all the other things that they always make him like really quirky and crazy hair or looking, you know, like as a whacked out scientist or something. But I really like that they leaned on the, uh, uh, statistician. Is that the right word? The statistician. Yeah. Statistician. Yeah. They leaned on that aspect of him. Uh, a lot more here, and I liked that. Yeah, those well, eyes would go back into his head, and then he would come back out and and give the the facts. I think the I think Thufer was underused myself. Yeah. You yeah. know, because he has a huge part in the story, but he just really wasn't. You know, I, well, you I take, kind of good. Sorry, I kind of I kind of liked the way when he went to the Duke to offer his resignation uh you you actually got got some more emotion from him right <clears throat> yeah so uh, i felt bad for the guy i really did because he felt like he really dropped the ball so yeah no i i hear you I, and i agree i think this again this is one of the reasons they don't stand out to me yeah so. hmm. uh I think that you take away that Jessica subplot and you lose a lot of through fear as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the All opposite right. side, Oh, go, go ahead. We got Josh Brolin as Gurney oh. Halleck. Yeah. yeah. And Brolin now was another surprise for me because, um, it's a hell of a challenge following Patrick Stewart's performance as Gurney Halleck <laughs> in the 84 movie or any other performance for that matter. Um, you know, I was expecting Brolin to come out as the classic Marlboro man, you know, um, <laughs> and, but he's, he's also got some really good range. Um, I was, however, disappointed that he didn't pull out the ballast and sing. I mean, he is the warrior bard, and right. and uh, I, I was, I don't know. Uh, they they, they kind of ignored that. that the whole way through, huh? Um, no. Well, he would interject with verse every now and then. Yeah, but you know, there was no, there was no reference really to it except when uh, he was testing Paul, and Paul told him to. He'd sing a song or or play something or you know I'm not in the mood to fight, so it was right. referred to, but it it never happened. So I'm hoping at some point 
we'll get a song from Brolin. So a real slow jam, huh? Yeah, there you go. That's and right. He is a good fit. He was a good fit for Gurney. I I'll, I accept him. Yeah, yeah. Not but, like I have any choice, but right. That right. training sequence was so good. It was. The two what about you guys? Uh, I I liked him. Um, you know, again, <laughs> hard to picture him not as Thanos, right? You know, you know, here in the midst of doom, but. Um, but I really, I thought he did a fantastic job. He was believable for the role. And um, I loved the chemistry between him and Paul. I thought that's what helped make it believable for me. And so for me, I, I, I bought him. I bought him so hook, like, and sinker for this, uh, for this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was fully on board. I think uh, from the beginning, from the beginning trailers and stuff, like he just sold the part to me. Um, the haggard old warrior uh, just kind of fits Josh Brolin really well. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad for this. I'm glad to hopefully see more of him in part two. Yeah. I especially like the part where he was, where they, you know, the, uh, Arakeen was being, uh, invaded mm-hmm. and he takes off running and hollers back to the guys on me and turns around and he's got that smile on his face. It's like, yeah, we get to rock and roll tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That was cool. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we can speed it up a little bit. Harvey, uh, Javier Bardem is still Gar. I don't know a lot about this guy. Uh, uh, fine. Mm. Uh, he did. It was, it was just fine. I look forward to getting to know him a little better in the next film. He was a villain in Bond, Skyfall. He was. In... Yeah. See, I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jim, so good. Uh, yeah, he's 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 been around the block. Uh, I I think we, we don't get enough time with him. We'll see more. I think he'll well, be fine. Yeah. yeah, I was impressed with his the way he spat um, in front of uh, Duke Leto at the beginning of the film. So the uh, accent that he gives Stilgar. No, no, when he spat. No. Yeah, but no, but the accent that he gives him <laughs> oh. when he speaks, I don't know, had like a strangeness to it that I liked that ca- like that he gave the character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. 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 And, Sorry. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I liked him. I don't know much okay. to say about him. He was, he was, he was good. Here's one that uh, I don't think has a lot to talk about, but did we, did anyone have a problem with the gender swap on Liet Kynes here? Absolutely not. I think it do- uh, she, doesn't matter. She was, she was, she was great and uh, believable, yeah. and I don't have any complaints. It's such a, it's such a small character in the like in the story. I don't think it really matters. Make it a mom, you know, make it a dad, whatever. On, honest to goodness, I liked her performance better than Max von Sydow's to be honest. And as far as a gender swap was concerned, I had zero problem with it. I thought she was really great. And the death scene with her banging on the sand to call the worm. Yeah. uh, That was epic. I mean, that was like, you know, I'm going down and I'm taking you guys with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was, it was great. Okay, Chang. 
Chen as Dr. Wellington Yui? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Under, yeah, underplayed character. Yeah, really I agree. I agree. You know, underplayed. We just don't. We don't get enough uh, to like him or hate him. And he did fine for the, the little bit of a role. He played the role of the patsy that kind of, you know, they, that kind of, uh, you know, gets Duke Leto out of the way, but he's not like, he's kind of a confidant and uh, to, to the Duke and the Duke obviously trusts him and, and, and he's like into the most intimate affairs of the family business. But um, I felt like we just didn't get enough backstory and I'm not sure that's a fault of the director. I think, you know, it's just, uh, maybe there'll be a director's cut and we'll get some of this, you know, down the line, but uh, he was fine. Yeah. It's yeah. Unremarkable. I mean, he's fine, but the character was unremarkable. Yeah, in this movie, yeah so. exactly. Well, I'm with yeah. you. Dave Batista, Glossoder Band. Yeah. Fantastic. Loved yeah, him in this role. <laughs> Definitely wanted more. Um, you couldn't uh, cast a better be a uh, beast or band that you know this. This is just he was just great the as the uh, as the beast, right? Yeah, I agree. I want more. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, David Dashelman. I'm saying that Dashelman uh, as Peter Devise. Uh, say that five times real fast. Go ahead, David. Uh, I would, but um, I'm. <laughs> I'm contractually obligated not to. So. Okay. All right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah all, everything you get paid for the show would be docked. Totally get it. Yeah. yeah right. I can't. I can't. <laughs> rec- I have a family. Right. I right. Told you about. Yes. Your cats <laughs> depend on you. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was unremarkable. Yeah. Uh, the character. Um, I'm sure the act. The actor was fine. They didn't. He didn't really do much. It was kind of like. Uh, Pooper, but uh, yeah, I think just like Yui, he's not in it enough, and he doesn't do enough for us to really warrant you know much discussion. Unfortunately, so all right, Zendaya as Chani. Oh my goodness, this woman dominates. I don't care in every scene she's in, every film (laughs) she plays in. I don't care what it is. She is amazing and. You know, she wasn't in much of this film, but by golly, when she was, she was all the way in there <laughs> and and dominated the scene, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I'm anticipating a really amazing performance in the next film. You know, as far as I'm concerned, I would watch this woman read the phone book. <laughs> she's so good. This is this is Jim's yeah. ASMR right there. Yeah. So she's just sweating. <laughs> Just sitting there flipping in a phone book. But. It's it's amazing how she did such a good job at Cheney. She did such an amazing job as Mary J- or as MJ in in the Spider Man movies, and then you see she's like uh, won awards for her her show Eufo- Euphoria, which right. is like way more of an adult like serious thing. Uh, she's yeah. just really good in all that she does, and then you you. Like, oh, wait, she was also has this career as like a model and and I don't know. And then her and Tom Holland together are just adorable. I don't if that turns out to be not real and not last forever, it's going to be a disappointment. But yeah, uh, (laughs) my my first exposure to her was in uh, in the Greatest Showman film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, you know, uh, I'm just a fan of hers uh, all the way through all the way. 
Yeah. She's great. She's great. And I, I understand why her fans, because we're talking about how great she is and we're not even like on the tip of the iceberg of how like passionate her fans are. And like, we don't know really anything about her compared to these people. And they were so excited to see this new Zendaya film because she's on the posters and everything because she is a huge major, major player. If you know the, if you know the story, but if you don't and you go into part one and she's only in it for five minutes, I would be, I would be upset. I would agree I, with yeah. that. You know, cause especially since, and, and, you know, let's but be honest know, here, her demographic coming. Yeah. Well, her <laughs> demographic is probably not the same demographic that would go see a hardcore sci-fi film. If we're honest. So it's kind of like, I understand why they're upset. Yeah. So, uh, last one here is Charlotte Rampling as the Reverend Mother Mohayam. Now, I think that she was great. I don't like the extra Reverend Mother stuff with the Harkonnens, but whatever. The point here is that what I want to get to is Variety has a really good video, and if you haven't seen it, when you're done listening to this, I, I say go look it up. It's like 10, 15 minutes long, and it's Denis Villeneuve breaking down the scene, the first scene that they filmed for the movie was this, the, um, the box scene with the, where they, that was the first thing they filmed. And he talks about how difficult it was to take these actors who are supposed to be portraying these characters with these emotions, but this is their first day on set and they have no history. And, and they, they, you know, they filmed the whole Gam Jabbar scene and it was so perfect. And he knew like day one, he's like, this is going to be a great movie because if I'm able to pull, this is like the hardest scene to play off. And if I'm able to play this out, how it's going to be, but just, he, he breaks down like the set design, what he had to like coach the actors on. It's really, really like it's only 10, 10 or 15 minutes long on Variety's YouTube page. It's, it's really good. Okay. Look at, I wonder if it's not the same one that's on the on the Blu-ray. I'll have to look and see. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Benny Fraser so, in general were pretty cool. Just the yeah, the use of voice and stuff. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. So as far as the story and the plot is concerned, uh, I thought I, I this movie is more focused than earlier attempts you know we have a certain amount of time to fill um i've always i've always known it would be difficult if not impossible to make a good dune movie trying to get everything in the story so uh i didn't think that focusing on just one aspect of the film would work because it would leave so much out but focusing on paul's story worked far for me far better than i thought it would uh, Villanova and his writers did an awesome job they did do a pre- they the did, story of they Paul. did do a pretty amazing job yeah. yeah and I didn't miss the parts that weren't there I don't yeah. care this is great <laughs> it is it's really good on the story and the plot go ahead Scott no I, I, I agree I mean I didn't the parts that aren't there, we know they aren't there because we, you know, we've read the Dune uh, probably way more than we should have in our lives. And uh, 
but the <laughs> uh but but the reality is uh the the he created a consistent cohesive story like I, I don't know there's any part i said well why did he put that in there i i felt like it was everything was contributing to what we know is coming um yeah, sure. I wish we'd have gotten more about the planet that the Sardaukar came from, but I thought that what they showed us was enough to kind mm-hmm. of let us know that this is a prison planet. We're bringing out people to kind of uh, fight for the Empire, right? Yeah, and to show the deviousness of the em- the Emperor. And, and so I, I I was there for it. Plus, that chant that they do. Yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> I just want to hear you do that again. Like we should can we record that David and I'm just going to like create an hour long loop of you as kind of you like know, an ASMR thing that we do. Maybe maybe David can do like a Tuvan uh, uh type of singing for us for a band. Yeah. Yeah. There you the go. Mongolian Tuvan singing. Right. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Is that, is that like yeah. is that like the double vo- vocal cord thing that they do? Yeah. It, it, it they hit those incredible overtones and you get this grunting sound and then they're whistling over the top of it. I'm trying to learn how to do that. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, is that is that the comedy you sing for us? and loot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You bet. I'll do the vocals. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll tell you yeah. what. You want to hear some cool stuff with that? Go and look up uh, a recording. Just type in your search bar, The Who, H-U. Oh, yeah. and oh they are a it, fantastic band. Oh, my God. Are they great? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, now, okay. Comments on the scenery and the sets. Okay, everything in this movie was so freaking big, right? Mm. I mean, you look up and the shuttles come come out of the highliners, and they look at the they look like these little toys, and then they land on the planet, and they are just absolutely huge, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine the size of those highliners? They got to be half as big as a planet. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, they're they're so big. You know, one, here's something that they added in with the scope here. I, I, I'm surprised it wasn't something that's already been in the books. But uh, the idea of Caladan having their spaceports and stuff like underwater, yeah, and the ships like the ships coming out of the ocean and just being so huge. I was like, that is so. That was such a cool scene to see them like launch out of there. Mm-hmm. And the so, ornithopters, oh, they were so they were like perfect. I did like the or especially the scene when they're they're escaping from, you know, through the tunnels and you know, Jason's just defending and they're escaping. I thought that was beautiful. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with eagle moss, but they are always like on the they they almost have their finger in my wallet just to like pull out the money with all the the starship ships and stuff. <laughs> and I, I have some, but like. Now they have the XL models, which are like the big ones, and I them so bad, but they're too expensive. Well, they're not that yeah. bad. But I'm just like, you buy one, then you want another one, and that's where it gets more expensive. I but, hear you. Uh, if they hit the Dune franchise, oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, forget it. I'm not going to be able to resist. I'm going to be, take it, take it, take it. <laughs> Let yeah. me mortgage my future house. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not that expensive, you know? but it's when you can, when you pile them up. <laughs> they get more and more. Yeah. So and that Coriolis storm scene was absolutely breathtaking. Oh yeah, mm. it was. They did a nice job with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just tossed that little thopter back and forth all over the place, and wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, what do oh, you guys man. think about the music? Fantastic. I think that's the one thing it's won an award for so far, right? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. and I would agree. Like the music, like I mean, seriously, you get you you get Hans Zimmer. Um, he's such a fantastic co composer um, mm -hmm. in everything I've heard him. Like, there's very, like, um, just one of the great composers to come out of film uh, these 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 past you know couple decades. And it was great to see him here on this project. And uh, I actually, when this came out, I'm like, I want to buy this on vinyl. Well, when I looked, so this is like when Dune came out. I didn't actually check recently, but I wanted to check. Like, this is one of the soundtracks I want to own when it's out in the vinyl. But, yeah, but yeah. I don't. I don't think I'll do a quick a a check here real quick. But uh, last I checked, it was not in vinyl. But ah, uh, I thought. Yeah, you know, I thought the music was the glue that brought all all the whole film together. You know, it was it was all the way through there and. It didn't get in the way, and it was just, I mean, Hans Zimmer is second to no one as far as I'm concerned. So. It's so good at, like, keeping the situation tense, but not too tense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, it, the music keeps you so invested in what's going on. Yeah. And, yeah, it's almost like it lets you breathe when you need to breathe, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't put it any better than that. Now, I suppose we should be thinking about wrapping this up. Overall impressions, and I I do have a favorite quote. This, for me, this is the Dune film I wanted. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, it is nearly perfect. This is my personal opinion. It is nearly perfect in every way and was the fastest two and a half hours I've ever spent watching a movie. Uh, my favorite quote is the last thing Johnny says to Paul and Jessica before before the credits roll and this is only the beginning gave me chills oh yeah mm. Scott nope um you know I'm I'm with you I um it uh it was uh, it was definitely I didn't feel like there was any pacing issues for me um I don't, I, I forget, I forget, because I watched it, so I didn't go to the theater to see it. I uh, watched it HBO Max, and I can't remember if I watched it in one sitting, but if I didn't, it wasn't because it was dragging, it was just because life was happening, and I was kind of watching it in the middle of other things, but um, yeah. definitely had fantastic pacing. I agree, as fast as two hours, two and a half hours. Um, it felt like it just went like, like that. So I'm looking, yeah. for, I'm looking forward to... Uh, when part two comes out and they they do showings where they play part one and then part two right after. That's what I want to oh, see. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. 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 I, my only hope is is that this pandemic stuff will be calmed down enough or gotten into perspective so that I can go see it on the big screen. Yeah. That'll be nice. All our theater, 
all our theaters here now in Kearney are going to the recliners and all that stuff. So mm. perfect to take a nap in. Well, we'll set I, we'll set an imaginary date for you to come out for come come stay at the homestead for, oh, for movie two. Absolutely. And then I'll work I, it out for us to get a private theater for. Oh for man. The Let's see. I, I, what, what, when so is cool. this coming out? When's part two coming out? Part two comes out. I think it's 2023. Yeah, next year sometime. So next yeah. year, uh, 2023. So as long as it's after June 2023, Jim will be retired. We can do this. Yeah, we can make it happen. Yeah. Got you, Jim. <laughs> Vacation of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Just send me an ornithopter. I'll be right there. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, uh, I'm right there with you guys. I love this. I love this movie. I think that this is the definitive uh, version of the film for me to expose someone to Dune with. Um, I th- I mentioned earlier to me the the best adaptation of the book will be the miniseries, but I think this is the best um, uh, general audience adaptation that popularizing. Uh, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't mean that to take away anything from it. It just, that in my mind, there's always going to be that difference, but uh, I would probably show this to someone and then be like, how much do you like me and how much can I make you watch six hours of the same thing <laughs> at, a, <laughs> yeah. at a much slower pace? <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, this, this movie is absolutely fantastic. I wish it didn't end at the end, but I, I totally understand all the changes and, and I'm not mad about anything. I did have a funny conversation. Like I was saying, we were talking after the movie and I had so much stuff going through my head. I had, Paul Atreides and, and, and uh, Joel Cornett was there. He's he's the other listener of the show. And uh, Joel and I used to be roommates, and, and there was a time where he and I watched, like, the miniseries together. I think Children of Dune was, like, on TV when we were when we were uh, roommates. And and it was so funny because we both, at the end, were like, oh, man, horrible water discipline on these people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, the three of us are laughing the rest of the audience said no it's good because they, they any chance they can get st- strip that that mouthpiece off so you can see their full face you know yeah and it's like that and like the whole fremen are all relaxed just but they're not even in a cave they're just like in a gully but anyway yeah so i i love this movie i cannot wait for the best i think all of us would say five out of five right oh absolutely yeah I, I, I'm, you got me there by the way, you Without can buy you can buy the soundtrack and vinyl for five hundred dollars. Only, Ooh. only. So you, you know what? Pick us all a copy up. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, it it'll be in the mail uh, by the end of this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> checks in the mail. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say a big thanks to our audience who has given us the time to make this happen and and understood that you know life and and circumstances and everything and it just you know we got to it when we were able to get to it and here we are uh but i have some exciting news i think it'll be new news to the two of you since it was new news to me last night we have a new dune book doing out in june called sands of dune Uh Uh, it's called sands of dune and it follows it's a novella so it's only 174 pages long but uh it's being heralded as Dune Book 11 by, I guess, uh, Brian. And it follows Gurney on his 
uh, time with the smugglers oh, uh, yeah. during Dune. So I don't know if this is, I guess it's not, but I don't know if this is supposed to be uh, the the next part. Remember how we had, like, there was supposed to be a trilogy of in-between books? I don't know if this is supposed to right. be that or or not. But uh, So I definitely put the pre-order in for that that comes out in on June 28th. Of course, we have Heir of Caladan, which has actually the best cover of all three books, in my opinion, comes out on October 18th. Uh, so we have that to look forward to later this year as well. And on July 5th, the second half of the graphic novel comes out. So maybe we'll do a review. I think it's great. That. I have the first half. So yeah, as, as well as I, I do. So maybe we'll do a, a, a cover a review of that when that comes out. Um, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Later this year. Cause it's a, that's pretty good. Um, I've also been reading the house books and I think they're starting another one. Um, another comic series. So anyway, okay. yeah, so that, sounds good. That, that about brings us up and lets you know where we're coming in the, uh, going to go in the future. So if you want to be a part of the show, best way to do that is to email us, dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter. Uh, big thanks to everyone who's ever supported us on the Patreon Absolutely. page over there. And there's not a lot going on right now, but but uh, a big thanks if you've been a part of that in the past. Um, uh, we have a, a number that if you want to call to call in. Do you remember what that is, Scott? Oh man, you're asking me to recall that from memory. I don't. It's something, something, something chat. Yeah. So there's a number. <laughs> we haven't got any calls yet, but if you want it, make sure yeah. you can find it from our other stuff. Um, so yeah, once again, for the Dune Saga podcast, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And may Shai Hulu clear the path before you.